Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, the great Joe Montana in a half hour on the Goodyear hotline. A lot of serious topics today. We got the Aaron Rodgers stuff, which we went into deeply here. We had the great water caper of 2021 Mm. as my water was stolen and then returned. Um, I feel much better about that. We're still waiting on news with Odell Beckham. So I have sort of a question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Could anything be more random than Frank Gore fighting Darren Williams? Like, whose idea was that? It's neither good nor bad. It's just so random. Whose idea was it? Well, when they put together these fights. Like, I get that we've had, like, uh, the Paul brothers, right? Jake Paul and whatever the other one's name is. Logan. And other celebrities fighting people and athletes, I guess, have fought athletes. But how do they pair these people up? Like, who was it that was sitting around in a meeting and said, all right, we need another fight here. Throw it around. Who do you think should fight? Who do you got? How about if Frank Gore fought Darren Williams? Bingo. Beautiful. I love it. I can't wait to see that. Former Utah Jazz point guard Darren Williams against ageless NFL running back Frank Gore. They're going to fight each other. In case you're wondering, I'm not making this up. They're fighting each other, right? Are they fighting each other? They are. They're fighting December 18th in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this boxing or is it MMA? This like, is which, boxing. It's boxing. They're boxing. Darren Williams and Frank Gore are boxing each other. <laughs> Why is that happening? <laughs> what am I? Did I miss a meeting? Like, do we now want to see that? Like, who's buying that? Are you buying that? No, because if I'm going to watch people that aren't fighters fight each other, they have to rise to the level of famous beyond, I think, these two They people. have to be people I'm otherwise very interested in. Very. Like, there was no part of me that was sitting around going... I wonder what Darren Williams is up to these days. Like, he was a terrific player. I'm not saying no. He's a very good player. And he made a ton of money. He's got a ton of money, by the way. He doesn't need the money to do this. But it's not a criticism of him when I say, I don't think, like, I need to catch up on Darren Williams' life. Like, not I just to... his life. Boxing. Right. Like, he's not, like, watching him play one-on-one with another NBA retired player would be a thing maybe someone would be interested in. Right. No, but you need to be interested in the people to be interested in the fight, right? right? You have to be interested in the person, and that's what I mean. <laughs> so, like, Nuno, explain this to me. What am I missing? Um, not much. Um, it's funny because now I'm down a rabbit hole of, like, awkward things you've never saw or matches like apparently Danny Bonaducci fought Donny Osmond in like 94 in yes a boxing I match. knew that so I was just saying did you tune into that because that seems like right up your alley no I did watch that fight watch I, that. I, yes because I'm interested in both Danny Bonaducci and Donny Osmond because I'm a child of the 70s and both of them were very famous in the 70s relatively speaking, much more famous than Darren Williams or Frank Gore. Let me ask you a question. And it's not even just that neither one. I don't even mean this that way. What I'm trying to say is it's so random. It's like, I don't even know what I, I, I how, how do you make a comparison to this? If Spencer Dinwiddie was fighting Logan Mankins, I, I, I'm just trying to think of like two athletes that, there's no earthly reason why they'd be fighting each other. Right. We're fighting each There's other. There's no connection between the two, right? Like, any- like, like, put, not that I'm aware of. Am I, am I missing something? Like, Bubba, what, to what would you compare this? Could you think of anything more random than Darren Williams fighting Frank Gore? Um, yeah, you know, maybe, um, you know, former Bucks guard Todd Day fighting uh, Cowboys wide receiver Alvin Harper. Yes, that would be random. <laughs> See, that would be extremely random. 
Uh, can you think of anything more random, Hembo, than Darren Williams fighting Frank Gore? I can't think of anything more random, but I have put together, Greeny, a list of four undercards between people at, at, that work at ESPN. Would you like to tell me who's going to win? Okay, so you're suggesting that these would be the under, uh, undercard fights for the Gore-Williams tilt. That's right. Okay. Who's going to win in this fight, Kendrick Perkins or Marcus Spears? See, they love each other. They, they like do. grew up together. Mm-hmm. If they had an, a real honest-to-goodness fight, Marcus. For sure. You're right. He's a football player. Okay. Always bet on the football player in a fight. You seem convinced. Okay. I'll, I'll throw out uh, athletes for, for, for a moment then. When my brother and I were kids, I should point out, we mm-hmm. did this all the time. Like, who would win a fight between so-and-so and so-and-so? We did the Brady Bunch versus the Partridge family a million times. <laughs> who wins a fight? Because the Brady Bunch had a dad, but the Partridge family had Reuben. So, like, the, the sides were somewhat even. They only had five kids, but how tough was Cindy anyway? So, like, we would actually sit and have these conversations because okay. we didn't have the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> we had to actually talk about stuff, and that's the stuff we talked about. Can I give you another undercard? But at no point did I think, you know, how about if Frank Gore fought Darren Williams? <laughs> like, that, I'm fascinated to see what becomes of that. All right, go ahead. What's the next one? All right. Paul Feinbaum is, is fighting Tim Kirkchen. Who wins that fight? <laughs> Kirkchen would kick his, you know, it would annihilate Really? Him. Kirkchen's a tough little son of a gun. I'm telling you right now. And Paul's not? You don't want to fight. No, I don't think Paul's tough. I don't think you want to fight Tim Kirkchen. Tim Kirkchen is a great athlete. Tim Kirkchen plays basketball. Don't let his size fool you. Uh-huh. Tim Kirkchen is short, but he's not small. T- Tim Kirkchen oh, okay. is, he, he's an athletic dude. He plays, a t- he plays basketball with Cal Ripken. Do not sleep on Kirkchen. Okay, Tim Kirkchen it is. Who, who wins in a fight between Jeff Darlington and Field Yates? Oh, Jeff Darlington, easily. Wow. I, I, know, I don't know. I think Field is a, was a former he played did he college, play football he, at he Wesleyan, played, I think. He did, yes. Or lacrosse, maybe? Lacrosse, he played yeah. something at Wesleyan. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm taking Field. Darlington, but Darlington's, I think, is kind of a well-put-together guy. Yeah, I think Darlington would be nastier. I've never seen Fields like... Fields I, so sweet. Very. Like, Such like, a nice man. Like, go ahead, Jeff. Have your way. Like, like, if right? anyone was born to be named Field Yates, it's Field <laughs> it's Yates. It's Field Yates. Yes. He has the right temperament to be named Field Yates. I think that's right. Okay. Do you think I would be Graziano in a fight? Because I might fight him after the way that trivia is going this year. Do I think you would beat Graziano in a fight? Mm-hmm. No. Well, think- Yes. Well, yes and no. Okay. Um, I think Graziano. I think Graziano has a certain toughness to him. You like do. I think there's an underlying toughness. But I have so much more. You're r- bigger than him. I have also so much more rage from him humiliating me on the show so many times. I know, but I feel like you don't channel that rage in the same way he does. My, my <laughs> gut feeling is that, like all these reporters, they get testy. You know, there's a testiness to all of them, oh, and yeah. it's you know, it comes from a lifetime spent like chasing <laughs> stories and, and breaking stories and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, that was a really random conversation, but I am to go all the way back to it. Like, where does this end? Like this new phenomenon of just having random, somewhat famous people fighting each other, and, and I understand that the Paul brothers are not somewhat famous; they're massively famous, right? And that's why they fight people like, did one of them fight Floyd Mayweather? Mm-hmm. What am, I, am I getting that right? Yeah, that was a couple months ago. Right, so, so like, they're super famous. So they're going to fight Floyd Mayweather. Anyone fighting Floyd Mayweather is reasonably interesting. <laughs> like, I think Muhammad Ali once got in the ring with, um, with, Hulk, with Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. it was an exhibition, which I don't even know what an exhibition means. Like, how do you have an exhibition boxing match? I'm either punching you in the head or I'm not. <laughs> but, 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 I don't know. I, I can't be the only one who's fascinated by this. Are you fascinated by this? I, I'm, not, I'm less fascinated and more disturbed because it's, I, I, don't, I can't for the life of me find – I don't know someone who will watch that. 
No, there will be a lot of people watching it because it's on a Jake Paul uh, undercard. So Jake Paul that day will fight Tommy Fury, uh, Tyson Fury's brother. So there will be a lot of people watching. But that. what I mean, you're, but you're, but but you're not making the point you think you're making because a lot of people may will watch it because it's in the undercard of something big. But that doesn't mean they want to watch it. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> true. Like I, I, again, looking back, so in 2002 they had this celebrity boxing match. So like <laughs> Danny Bonaducci fought Bri- uh, Barry Williams. Todd, yeah, Greg Brady. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's, that's my dream fight. That's my dream fight. I could have promoted that fight. I, I would have been done. Who wins a fight between Greg Brady and Danny Partridge? Uh, uh, Danny uh, Bonaducci won. So Todd yeah, Bridges, Danny Bonaducci is, is Todd a tough Bridges guy. Todd Bridges fought Vanilla Ice, and Todd Bridges won that. Uh, Dustin Diamond uh, fought uh, Ron Perillo, uh, Palillo, the teacher from uh, Welcome No, he Back. wasn't the teacher. Not he the was teacher. Horshack. Yeah, he, he beat him. Yeah. Uh, Manupo fought William uh, the fridge uh, Refrigerator Perry that same on their car. <laughs> Who did? Who fought William Manute Perry? Bowl, Manute Bowl. <laughs> Fought uh, William Perry that uh, that's, Bowl yes. fought William Perry and b- apparently I'm, Bowl won. I'm looking at video of that. Uh, me too. Stand by. Okay, uh, that's uh, the strangest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. All right, I need to move off of this. Uh, starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, <laughs> free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I promise we're getting to the sports next. Joe Montana is on the way, and coming up, um, something else is going on here something's about to happen in baseball that we do not like and we will explain why right after this it's greenie on espn radio greenie the podcast for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, the great Joe Montana, live in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. So much to get to here today. And I, I mentioned something's about to happen in baseball that we do not like. And I'm going to tell you what that is in a second. But first... Hembo promised me some trivia, and I want to get down and dirty here with some just some real hardcore sports because we sort of went a little off the reservation there for a little <laughs> while uh, off the top of the hour. So give me the trivia question. Let's see if I can get in. Greeny, Coach K is obviously coaching in his last season and thus could become the third coach to win the national championship in his final season. My question for you is, who are the two that did that? So the two coaches to win the national, the college basketball national championship in their final season. I know one of them for sure. 
when I first started becoming interested in college basketball as a kid, Al McGuire led Marquette to a national championship. I want to say that would have been something in the neighborhood of 1977 or so. It was pre-Magic and Larry. It was pre-March Madness being called March Madness. And then he went on to become like a legendary announcer. So I'm quite sure one of them is um, is that, right? Do that I have is, that right? You do have that right. Okay, so that's right. Wow. So you're saying, wow, like that was the harder one. I am. So the other one is easier. Al McGuire, again, I'm much older than you. I remember this stuff. Okay. The more recent one, I can't decide if it was his last game or not. The guy I'm thinking of is Jim Calhoun at UConn, who I won the championship. He was the coach of the Kemba team that won. And then mm-hmm. when they won another championship, he wasn't the coach anymore. But did he have one more season after they won it before he retired? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's Jim Calhoun. Jim Calhoun is incorrect. Damn it. He won the national championship in his second to last oh, so season. I, I was afraid that was going to be it. Um, uh, is it more, it's got to be more recent than McGuire. If this, no, it's longer ago than that. But it's a legendary coach is what you're t- Oh, is it going to be John Wooden? It is John okay. Wooden. That's and anytime the answer is John Wooden, you probably should have gotten it. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. So it's John Wooden, it's Al McGuire. Those would have been pretty close to each other in time also. McGuire was what year? 77. Like and what said? year was Wooden? 75. All right, so it was pretty close yeah. together. All right, so it hadn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Coach K can do it. He's got a really good team. In the meantime, I think this is worth getting into. The Scoop. So there was a Washington Post headline that I saw that said the Nationals should offer Juan Soto $500 million to continue playing baseball for them. And I have to believe a $500 million contract would span how many years? 12? At least. Like 12 years. How old is Juan Soto? Like 20? He's 22. The, 22. The, in, in, in the article, they say 15 years for $500 million should be the offer. 15 years. He's 23. He just turned 23 in October. 23. So... Here's the, what I want to get into. You're saying to yourself, what do I care if they offer Juan Soto $500 million? Here's why you care. Because one of the things baseball doesn't have right now that could give them a little bit of life and pep and juice that I think is actually a positive, and I will confess that I, am, I have changed my mind on this, which is to say I used to think player movement – particularly the way in the NBA they're constantly changing teams, was very bad for their sport. I'm now convinced I'm wrong about that, that player movement actually creates some interest because each year, that guy's on a different team. Remember, religious just how he fits in there. New fan base, new this, everyone's excited. Because Bryce Harper signed with Philly. He's just going to be there for the rest of our lives, right? That's yeah, it. And the rest of his. <laughs> like, we're going to die, and Bryce Harper is still going to be playing for the Phillies. And Mike Trout and... Would baseball be better served? The NBA has a maximum. The longest contract you can sign is five years. Would baseball be better off if they had some sort of shorter deal structure in place? Definitely. Baseball would 100% be in a better place if you couldn't give someone as long a contract as you could possibly want. And the reason for that, Greeny, is because I think the careers of some of these great players are being muted by those contracts because what happens is those players become mostly interesting just to the fan bases in which they play. Right. So Bryce Harper was as famous a, a amateur player as we've ever seen and was as famous a young player as there has been in my lifetime. He, he's going to win the MVP this year. 
perhaps unanimously, and the general public hardly said a word about him because he was playing for an average team in Philadelphia. He's going to do so now for the next 11 years. That's a bad thing for baseball because not only does Bryce Harper get suppressed in that market, and Philadelphia is not even an especially small market, and I'm from there, but we don't have the opportunity to even talk about him and where he might go next, whereas in most other sports— the NBA does this really well. There's conversation constantly about the next step for these players, and that keeps those players in the news. Well, you bring up a really interesting point, which is ask yourself an honest question. You are listening to us right now. You're in your car, you're in your house, you're wherever you are. You're a sports fan. Because if you weren't a sports fan, you wouldn't be listening to this show. Did you know that Bryce Harper was going to win the MVP, perhaps unanimously? Be honest with yourself. Not a whole lot of reason to lie to yourself about something this insignificant. But if the answer is no and you're a sports fan, ask yourself if that would happen in any other sport. Could a player in the NBA win the, even if you're not a particular NBA fan, could a player in the NBA be on the verge of winning a unanimous MVP and it take you by surprise? <laughs> could a football player win, a, be a unanimous choice, just a ridiculously obvious choice for MVP, and that take you by surprise? The answer is probably no. Now, maybe you knew that Bryce Harper had this monster year. If you're a big baseball fan, then you did. But if you're trying to attract people who aren't big baseball fans, but still like sports enough to be listening to a show like this, this is something to consider. I want to talk about it more as we go on, but I have to uh, take a quick break. You're going to change things around because I want to make sure we have plenty of time with Joe Montana. So here's what's coming up. We're going to have Joe Montana in just a few minutes here. We'll go with him through a bunch of different stuff in the NFL, and then we'll come back to this, and we will get into this. I want to get the hashtag crew opinion on it. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live, as always, from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. And it is my delight every now and again to catch up with one of the great players and legends in the history of American sports. Joe Montana is with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Greeny. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. And, and a little bit later, you're going to explain the program that you're working on today. And the reason that you are is because you recently turned 65. And I'm just going to say that it is impossible for me to believe that. Because if you're 65 years, I, I can't fathom how old I must be if you're 65. years. How did this possibly happen, Joe Montana? 
I have no idea. And you know what? Um, Mr. DeBarlow just had a birthday the other day, and I just he I texted him. He said, "Oh my gosh, where have the years gone?" And so I don't know, Greeny. It's, it's funny. I mean, this turning sixty-five has just been. You know, I try not to think about it, but I look in the mirror and you go, wow, what's that gray hair and losing hair? <laughs> it's like, I try to, you know, try not to, try to be as active as I can be as much as, you know, with a, I can do with a new knee and new shoulder and whatever mm-hmm. other injuries. But, uh, you know, turn 65 is kind of crazy. I need to think about all the things that can take place with the, you know, with the Medicare and all that. Until I start getting the stuff in the mail, I'm going, what the, why am I getting this? Yeah, well, <laughs> We'll get to that program a little yeah. later. Yeah, it, it's just it's unfathomable. I feel I feel like you just retired 15 minutes ago. To be completely honest with you, I feel like I just hosted your retirement press conference <laughs> when you finished at Kansas City, and I'm, I'm going to continue to feel that way, and that's what I hope you do too. All right, let's talk a little football while I have you here for a few minutes. I, I saw you had some comments about, um, you know, the Niners not have your old team, of course, in San Francisco, not having taken Mac Jones and instead having taken Trey Lance. And I want to make sure it's clear. You said it's nothing against Lance, but you're just very impressed with what we're seeing from the New England quarterback. What are we seeing right now in Mac Jones somewhat quietly in New England? No, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't, you know, I hadn't seen Trey play, so it really wasn't anything about trade mm-hmm. as much as it was about a quarterback I thought fit the system and that had success in college and might just give him a great opportunity to have, you know, come into a system that's, you know, I won't say closely because I don't know exactly what Alabama, but was more uh, of a fit for his type of quarterback than, than for Trey. Nothing against Trey, very talented young man, um, and uh, but, um, yeah, it, it was kind of misconstrued a little bit because I really, you know, I, I think he's he, he's got a great chance to play in the NFL. I just thought back then when they were coming out, I thought um, a pocket guy was a little bit more uh, uh, fit for for um, Kyle's offense. Yeah. So it's interesting because like all the rage now is to have certainly back around the time of the draft. It was the conversation we were having that all the rage is to have the guy who can make plays with his legs and all that kind of thing. At the end of the day, how important an attribute do you think that is in a quarterback in pro football in 2021? Well, I think it's still, I think mobility, although Tom Brady has proven the opposite. (laughs) You know, I think mobility is a big plus for you. Um, but you know you you don't have to be a you know a, a tremendous runner. You just have to be able to be mobile and move. And and he can move in the pocket. And he can make plays with his legs. Is he going to outrun a lot of people? Um, not not like Trey will outrun him. But you know I think mobility is good. Um, but as long as you're not a run first person, I think run first um, is is will get you in trouble. What do you mean by that? So you get in trouble, like the, the idea of uh, that your first instinct has to be to try and put, the, yeah. No, you, you take away from the offense because yeah. the offense typically is built around, you know, dropping back pass. It doesn't happen like that all the time. A lot of times you have to move and make plays on the run. And, um, you know, both guys can do that. But, you know, if they have a foot race, I, Max gonna lose, I would imagine. But you know, you still can go back and find plays where he's he's made runs and um, with his legs, and it's not that 
you know, I wasn't the fastest ever, but, you know, you can get out of trouble and you can pick up some yards and um, that helps the team. If, you know, obviously being a great runner also can help the team, but I think when you start using your legs first um, and when you're dropping back to pass, sometimes they make, you know, make the quarterback run, it's a different story, but um, when it's a, a pass play, if you're thinking run first, I think that's where um, you, you can get into trouble uh, offensively, not just as a quarterback, but you start putting your offense in a different position than what the plan is from the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Montana may have just scrambled to his right on the most famous pass in the history of pro football <laughs> that, that Dwight Clark caught in the end zone in the NFC Championship game. So mobility, uh, was that was a box that was checked. Joe Montana with us here. Let, let me go to something else I'm interested in. Literally any minute now, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to sign with a new team. And, you know, he, we think he's going to play with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But if a guy comes in week 9, week 10, how realistically, Joe, how long does it take before a quarterback and a wide receiver can get themselves to a place where whatever chemistry is necessary, whatever understanding of each other is necessary, where he can really be a major factor in their offense? How long realistically does that take? Well, I think the first thing that will happen is they'll spend a lot of time together wherever he ends up, the quarterback and team, to try to find ways to, so you can really understand his his body movement, and, and that's really where a lot of it comes from. But then you also have to see in the practice where he is making decisions, because a lot of these routes, you know, you're making decisions on, you know, do I run, do I stop, you know, in the zone, in the hole, do I, can I read a defense, you know, how well can he do that? And usually what the, I, I would think they would do is they, they would keep his routes um, pretty basic in the beginning and not give him a lot of options to to, to you know, off of a route. Um, will they put him in a position where he's the hot guy a lot of times? He's seen that a lot. He's probably, um, you know, yeah, it, it just it just depends. Sometimes it clicks right away. And other times it, it some guys are just a little bit more difficult to understand and move. And, you know, when I, when I got to Kansas City, getting used to those, those two guys, and those, those nine wives, JJ and uh, Willie, they were fast, and when they would, I, mean, I had to get the ball out of my hand early. You had to start. They were different reads. They and we took a while for us to work together, even even as even through a training camp and even into the first game, to so that where we understood each other. Like I, I, you know, I told um, uh, Willie and said, "Okay, here's, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get this chance, and if you see that safety leave the middle, and even if I get a blitz." You're going to the post. Just know the ball's going to be in the air. And sure enough, the first time it happens, he drops it in the end zone. He, I just didn't think it was coming. I said, they told you it was coming. <laughs> but, and, but you know what? Yeah. But the next time, you know, and he was down, and I'm going, don't be down. You're going to get, you're going to get more chances. You, but so don't, don't give up on that. We're just, we're just getting started. And then the next, in the same game, next thing you know, we have a different chance to do something else where he makes a read and makes a great play. And everything's off and running, and then it's just getting an understanding of each other, and that takes some time. Joe Montana with us here again. Just turned 65, eligible for Medicare. Tell us about the program you're working with Medicare today. <laughs> yeah, well, you talk about crazy and getting through this 
process was, was insane. You know, it was so confusing. You know, first of all, I was like, what am I, do I really have to do this? And they said, yeah. And you only have, you only have now to up to December 7th to get it done. And I'm like, geez, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why is the rush in here? But then it's the, the whole system is confusing. Trying to, you got to get through all this process with Medicare to get a number before you can even get a, um, a, a plan in place or, it, and even start looking at benefits. But, you know, so, you know, and as you get older, you know, a little less patient on things, mm-hmm. um, not looking for nonsense. And, uh, um, you know, we went through, we went and looked at a lot of different Oops. Sorry, that's my doorbell. No problem. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. But um, anyway, you you get into the process, and um, you know we we interviewed a lot of people. But um, and you can go to Medicare.gov and get a lot of information. But you know you can also go where I ended up with the WellCare <clears throat> team. <clears throat> Excuse me, WellCareNow.com, and. Um, they were great. They really made the process a lot easier for, for us. Um, they helped us get to the plan that we were looking for mm-hmm. and, you know, put all this behind me. And, you know, because I really, really wasn't what I was thinking about. I was going <laughs> to have to do. But <clears throat> hitting 65 was a big change. Oh, yeah. But, but, but to us, you will be forever young. I know you need to run. Joe, thanks a million for this. As always, best of luck. Next time you're on, we'll talk a little bit about your Irish and everything else. Take care. All right. Thanks, Vinny. Take care. Uh, that's, that's great. Joe Montana with us here. Again, I wanted to get to Notre Dame, but we had a limited time with him because he's got this program that he's working with. Uh, and he was with us on the Goodyear hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. I, I wanted to get into Notre Dame here briefly. Notre Dame's strength of record is six in the country. They are ranked number nine this week by the College Football Playoff Committee. They're not out of it. Like there is a there is a scenario in which I could see them getting in it. Would you agree with that? 100%. Their remaining strength of schedule is 52nd. Obviously, they'll need Cincinnati to lose in order to continue to creep up. And we now know that strength of, I mean, uh, the head-to-heads don't mean everything to the committee. So that, you know, Cincinnati win in South I don't South know that Bend they'll need Cincinnati. Might, That's my matter. point. I don't know that they'll need well, Cincinnati to they lose. They might not need it, but they obviously need a hand. They'll, they need more to happen than Cincinnati needs to happen. But yeah, you're definitely right. There's a scenario in which Cincinnati and Notre Dame both make the playoffs. Oh, I think there's no chance of that. Oh, you don't think any chance? Zero chance. Greeny, we're going to have... They wouldn't put Cincinnati in this thing if everybody else loses five times. Gre- <laughs> they don't want them in there. They just don't. I, I, I don't think they want them in there either. But I think p- teams are going to lose. There's a really good chance that the Big Ten champion has two losses. There's a really good chance that the Big 12 champion has two losses. We know there's going to be no ACC team in this thing. And Oregon is likely to lose again. They don't look dominant. That would mean that, that the Pac-12 is effectively eliminated. You have to put four teams in, and Alabama's going to be an underdog to Georgia. A lot of stuff could still happen. I think Notre Dame and Cincinnati both still have a shot. Well, we will see. I, I will have to believe that when I see it. And I would continue to argue with you, but I have some news. It's not the news we've been waiting for, so still nothing on Odell Beckham, which surprises me. But we do have this, which doesn't. Rich Samini just tweeted uh, that a quarterback decision has been made with the New York Jets. Mike White will start against Buffalo this Sunday. Zach Wilson sits another week. Joe Flacco will be the backup quarterback. It's the guy they just traded. You know who Joe Flacco is, but they traded for him about a week or so ago. So he will be QB2 ahead of Josh Johnson. All this being announced by Robert Sala. Sala said, I'm now looking at another tweet here from Brian Costello, who also covers the Jets, said the long-term quarterback decision is day-to-day. Is it? 
See, that I don't like. Mm. I, mean, I keep coming back to this. Coach, what are we doing here? What do you mean it's day-to-day? Maybe Zach Wilson's injury status is day-to-day. The answer to the question, who is your quarterback, the long-term quarterback decision is Zach Wilson. That's it. That's the answer to the question. Zach is hurt. Mike White will play. When Zach is healthy, he's my quarterback again. That's the answer to the question. You don't have to mean it. You just have to say it. The opening of the door this way, look, I feel like Salah is such an honest guy. He just seems like a nice person. And I think he's just answering the question honestly, but I think this is a situation in which honesty is not the best policy. The other alternative, help me with this, Nuno, because you're a cynical little son of a gun. The other alternative is that Salah is genuinely sending a message. Like, he wants to deliver a message to Zach Wilson that your job is not as secure here as the circumstances would suggest it is. And I don't think I like that message being sent, but I'm not the coach. He is. Do you think he's sending a message, or is he just answering the question honestly? (laughs) I think – I'm trying to think because I want to be a cynic. I just think he's kind of – having a little fun, answering it honestly, because unless Zach Wilson is just a behind-the-scenes where he's kind of a... Um, I'm trying to find the clean word to use, but like he's been an issue, right? Like yeah. he, he's... you know, Unless there's arrogant. stuff going yes, on that we don't know. Unless there's stuff going yeah. on, like um, that's where I can see him sending a message. Um, but no, I just think he's kind of like... He's, you know, everyone's loved him for being a player's coach and being honest and this and that. And I just think he can't turn it off. And, and you know, and this is what you get. Here's the thing I would say. If the Jets are upset that Zach Wilson feels entitled, it is the Jets who entitled him. It is the Jets who brought in no realistic other alternative at quarterback or mentor for him or anything. They just basically said, here you go, kid. Here are the keys. Drive us wherever we're going to go. And now they don't like where he took him immediately, which was as predictable as the day is long. And now, because of a good performance, one good game from Mike White, who has been in the NFL three years and had never played until last week or, you know, two weeks ago now, you're saying the quarterback decision is day-to-day? Here's what I'll say. I hope, even though this would suggest bad things, I hope he's sending a message of some sort to Zach Wilson because that would feel to me to be a better scenario here than him just answering that question honestly and Zach having to take that, um, Zach having to live in a world where my coach is just telling everybody, yeah, it's really possible I'm going to get beaten out now by Mike White. Mike White might just beat me out for this job, even though I'm the second pick in the draft and everyone said I was the second coming. I don't, I do not like the way this thing is headed right now, Hemba. Why are you laughing? This is unprecedentedly funny for me. I mean, first of all, he, he said the long-term quarterback decision is day-to-day. That is, <laughs> that is an oxymoron. Coach. That's true. So, I, I understand. I, I kind of understand what that means, but yes, when you actually read it, it is funny. What is the long-term quarterback? Well, it's day-to-day. It's actually a very short-term decision. Do you make any long-term decisions day-to-day, Greeny? I understand Decisions as important as this? You are correct. We're talking about a person who was such a good college prospect that the Jets were unwilling to move from the second pick, who... Three months later now, as, uh, after we've started, has grown so disenchanted there that this is now an option? This is, 
that then, Mike White could become the quarterback of the Jets. Like at the end, full of the, stop. There's, <laughs> at the end of the tunnel, I, I see a little bit of light, but it's it looks like Armageddon to me. Like yeah. I, that's this is ridiculous. Is it ridiculous, Nuno? As one who knows that market, you know the the, the culture, you know every, you know everything that's going on here. Is this as ridiculous as I fear it is? It is. If Mike White is en- ends up being your starting quarterback for the rest of the year there will be hell to pay from that fan base. I mean, what in the world? The only way it's not is if Mike White is the next Tom Brady. And, and I understand. Let me make clear what I mean by that. I don't mean he has to win seven Super Bowls and be the greatest quarterback of all time. But what he has to be is someone that no one saw coming who turns out to be really good. Kurt Warner is another example of that. There are others. Kurt Warner was undrafted and famously was bagging groceries somewhere in Iowa playing in the Arena Football League and then wound up winning the MVP and a Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. These things happen. But they're making a movie about Kurt they Warner. They don't happen to the Jets. I happen. Well, not only don't they tend to happen to the Jets, but Hembo, let me make this clear. I was in a movie theater, mm-hmm. and I saw there was a poster, a poster of they're making a movie about Kurt Warner's life. So these things are so rare <laughs> that when they happen, Hollywood makes major motion pictures out of the story. So unless you're going to someday walk into a theater and see Underdog, the Mike White story... On the posters in which Zach Wilson has like a, someone playing Zach Wilson has a little bit part at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, they're 15. So what do you think? What do you think the Jets could get for Zach Wilson? Oh, oh my, my God. God. How is this happening? Would How you, in the world Greeny, is a seventh everyone? round pick? Would you, trade, would you trade Zach Wilson for Trey Lance straight up? Well, I, right think they could, I think they could get a lot. Like the Eagles, would you trade Zach Wilson for all the Eagles' first, you know, three first rounders next year? Right because now, there's, no, there's no quarterbacks in this draft next year. If Zach Wilson just got beat out by Mike White, you're not trading three number ones for him. What are you talking about? Maybe they can get Mike White. If the Eagles are thinking, well, maybe we can prime Mike White. If the Jets decide Mike White is a better option than Zach Wilson, then why do I bother to go on? Like, maybe, why you can get am ben I? DiNucci. What's that? You can have Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. Like, if Ben DiNucci had set the world on fire last year, a man who still had a LinkedIn page while he was playing in the <laughs> National Football League, when he started that week for the Dallas Cowboys, when Dak was hurt and everything else, if he had turned into a great quarterback and Mike McCarthy had ever said, you know, is, when Dak comes back, is he your quarterback? Well, we'll uh, anything can happen. That decision is day-to-day. I was told Zach Wilson was a hybrid of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes That's correct. three months ago. That's right. This is impossible to it, believe. It's impossible to believe. I mean, it's impossible to believe that this is happening. <laughs> so this is what is happening. We're trading him now. I don't even know what to say. Like Mike, Mike White being the quarterback this week is the right thing to do. Throw him to the Wolves, a.k.a. the Bills, uh, who are struggling and need a big win and have a good defense and all the rest of that. And don't throw Zach out there if he's not totally healthy and see what happens. And, and, then, and then when Zach is fully healthy, you get him back out there. It is still Zach's team. He's still the future of the Jets. Everyone knows that, except the head coach. (laughs) And that is very confusing. Like, I'm just confused. I don't know what else to say. I don't understand what's happening. I don't like my coach making long-term decisions day-to-day. Day-to-day. I mean, come on. Seriously. We can add that to our T-shirt collection. Yes, uh, that that, that is is right. How how do you make your long-term decisions? Uh, Pretty much (laughs) day-by-day. Mike White, Zach Wilson, or Cooper Rush? Who's going to be the best starting quarterback next year? This is the most ridiculous conversation I've ever had in my entire life. 
I long for those moments when I was trying to figure out who stole my water. We'll be back tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Sheesh. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.